Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of Cinnamon Caligula to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is reductio ad hitlerum, also known as playing the Nazi card. Yeah, so we have kind of talked about this a bit. Back in episode 17, we did the guilt by association fallacy. Yeah. One of our examples from King of the Hill was this, because essentially it is a very specific version of guilt by association. It is connecting people in some way to Hitler. It is suggesting that because they are like Hitler in some way, whether it's in that case, it was kind of banning cigarettes, which I don't think he did, um, or being a vegetarian or liking dogs or any of the things that kind of could be associated with yeah. Hitler. That means you're a, you're a fascist dictator. Living in an eagle's nest, yeah. being a house painter. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we kind of touched on it in that one, but this is more specifically about that exact thing, being like Hitler or being like a Nazi. So it's kind of on the on the political spectrum it's the opposite of being like a communist exactly because we did yeah, yeah we did yeah. that a couple of episodes ago also as well as the guilt by association it is a false analogy because chances are most of the people who are being compared to hitler aren't really like hitler in many ways yeah. <laughs> maybe in one yeah. way <laughs> but but probably yeah probably not yeah. in the ways that they are being i implied as being like hitler yeah yeah um, and the one person that was like Hitler in a very specific way, Charlie Chaplin, yeah. nobody actually kind of realised that until he did, yeah. the great dictator. Yeah. And he went, oh, yeah, look, same as Well, I mean, look at that. We to be fair, Chaplin time. and Oliver Hardy had that first. And it was, you know, yes. Hitler ruined the toothbrush moustache for everyone. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, Mug- and Mugabe with his... Yeah, he just didn't, he did it anyway. Didn't care. Just, yeah. 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 It was kind of a... Maybe a bit, I, don't, I hesitate to use the word chic <laughs> about Robert Mugabe. Uh, yeah. Cause you thought it, it looked good on him, did you? Well, it was just, well, no, it was a kind of a strip, stripped down <laughs> sort of gigolo version of the Hitler moustache in that it was a tiny stripe. It was less ostentatious than, than Yeah, but, but but in a way... More so because you'd have to spend a lot of True. time to get that completely right every bloody day, wouldn't you? Yeah. You know, it's kind of... It's and, like the kind of the, yeah. the soul patch of Hitler moustaches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. our first example <laughs> is a tweet from Trump just after BuzzFeed published the first details of the Steele dossier. And Trump said, intelligence agencies should never have allowed this fake news to leak into the public. One last shot at me. Are we living in Nazi Germany? And I think he was being very ambitious slash optimistic to to assume that this back in January of 2017 was one last shot at him. There was plenty of other shots to come. (laughs) Plenty to come. (laughs) Not enough ammo to take all of the shots that he deserves. Yes. (laughs) So... His idea of 
the fact that a, a well, let's call them a news outlet. It's BuzzFeed, but their their news side okay. has done some good work. Yeah. Uh, the the idea that that a news outlet leaking a story that is in the public interest is Nazi Germany. Yeah. It's not. It's not a great analogy. It's not. No. Close to. The things that what, happened. What back we kind then. of what, apocryphally, <laughs> yes, exactly. We kind of know something to, to do with completely the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just this weird persecution like complex that Republicans seem to have, mm. Um, mm. where anything, <laughs> anything bad that happens to them, is suddenly yeah. is equated with the worst thing you can think of. <laughs> yeah, but mostly in terms of towards the right so perhaps they kind of live in the shadow of yeah if we're not too careful we might be compared with Hitler's <laughs> Germany you know because we're a little bit on the right yeah. wing aren't we we're going slightly on that. they don't kind of worry about being compared to Chavez or you know <laughs> Stalin or anything yeah, yeah. like that they don't kind of they don't worry about the the specter of extreme left wingers they just worry about being compared to so yeah, so then when they kind of whine and they go, oh, you're persecuting us, you're comparing us to Hitler. <laughs> yeah, and to be yeah, fair, we have been guilty of that occasionally. Yeah, this is a thing that yeah. we've done often because of things that that they've done, which are quite Hitlery. Hitlery, yeah, <laughs> little little bit, little bit Nazist, Nazist. Yeah, and I yeah. and I hope that when we've done it we have pointed out comparisons without directly saying this makes them like hitler uh, i maybe yeah. maybe we've done yeah. it sometimes but well, but yeah i, I wouldn't well, at least we've added us. the context yeah we've added the the kind of correct kind of contextual analogy so we've 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 erred towards the 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 right end of the insult spectrum <laughs> insofar as we've set the context correctly. Yeah. We're going, well, you know, this kind of banning of books that mention yeah. rainbow-coloured unicorns, yeah, that's not dissimilar to the banning of books and dissident art and then an entire religious... Yeah. Um, I think that's a, a fair point that I'm... Well jumping on your making it in in an attempt to defend ourselves against this is that yeah where <laughs> yeah. you are specifically looking at a particular aspect and saying this is a thing yeah. which is which the nazis yeah. did which was bad not uh -huh. just because they were nazis but the thing they did was, it was bad. a bad thing and and the, the, did and the thing yeah. that thing is happening now or something very similar to that yeah thing. And yeah. and and it's so bad. It's it's a kind of thing the Nazis did. Um, yeah. Whereas, what often happens is is a little bit of hyperbole, where it's a small, yes. unimportant, not a big deal thing that happens, and people go, "This is just yeah. like Hitler." <laughs> like Germany, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and a, yeah. and as a way of offering those kinds of examples, yeah. back when we did guilt by association, it was in 2019, and we uh -huh. didn't have. Marjorie Taylor Greene to to think about back then. Oh, wasn't it great when we didn't oh, have to think about Marjorie days. Taylor Greene? <laughs> I was thinking because I wanted to make sure that she wasn't like around and a big thing when when we did it. Because yeah. I was like, why didn't we talk about her? Yeah. And I looked it up, and can you believe 
we've only been thinking about Marjorie Taylor Greene since like November 2020. Wow. That was when she won her her election. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she, there was a bit she was campaigning a bit before that, but I can't believe it's only been that amount of time that she's been a, know, an does, elected she arsehole. Occupies a, before that, yeah. she was just a <laughs> yeah. citizen it's just an arsehole. arsehole. Citizen arsehole, yeah. yeah, attempting to run run for office, run for yeah. elected arsehole. But she does yeah. have a little bit of a tendency to invoke Hitler and Nazis. Mm. And I've got a few examples. Right. Starting just a few days before our Guilt by Association episode, actually. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yep. January 11th, 2019. Uh, she took aim at a conservative who praised Ruth Bader Ginsburg, tweeting, that's kind of like saying, while I don't agree with Hitler, you have to admit what he accomplished in his lifetime is impressive. <laughs> so kind of directly comparing RBG to Hitler, in a way. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's not okay to Again, say she did good stuff. yeah. Because, yeah. because yes. you know, it's a bit like doing that with Hitler. <laughs> Bit, bit like saying nice smart uniforms. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Say what you like when, about Mussolini, yeah. he made the trains run on time kind of thing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He was a bit of a bad guy, but he painted some nice houses. <laughs> you know, yeah, but like the Mussolini, yeah, say what you like about him. He, he did he yeah. did put he did put up some nice buildings. He invented an entire brutalist architectural movement. I think Jimmy Carr said, Say what you like about Hitler, but he did kill Hitler. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. Which and now that's quite <laughs> funny because it's because it's ultimately self-referential, <laughs> disappears up uh-huh. its own gag uh, punchline. But yeah, that's that's the thing about this reductio ad hitlerum. It's lazy. It's the slogan version of an insult, isn't it? Basically, it's it's yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's light locker up, but comparing a person yeah. to a bad thing. It's just the easiest and quickest and le- least nuanced way to say someone is bad. Yeah, and and just saying that a bit like the soccer mom when we read the Q and on an invitation to the Great Awakening, the self-confessed soccer mom and conspiracy theorist, <laughs> who who said about the Democrats or about the Clintons or no or the with their kinky art collecting friends. Oh yeah, the Podestas. It's, it's yeah. no more than I would expect from them, <laughs> and that's when yeah. it's just you don't have to make any argument at all because all you're doing is playing to people who go, yes, this, don't yeah. we know what you mean. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like Stuart Lee pointing out to people who go to his gigs who then agree with him when he kind of makes, he makes an observation and people kind of laugh and clap. He said, don't agree with me. Don't just <laughs> agree with me. You know, think about it. Think yeah. about what you mean. Oh, I agree the fuck out of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I may not have had a good time, but I agreed the fuck out of what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. So in May of 2021, she had a bit of a run of Nazi-related comments. Uh, On the 22nd, she uh, said on a conservative podcast about the House mask mandate, you know, we can look back at a time in history where people were told to wear a gold star and they were definitely treated like second-class citizens, so much so they were put in trains and taken to gas chambers in Nazi Germany. And this is exactly the type of abuse that Nancy Pelosi is talking about. Exactly. Exactly Exactly. the type. Exactly the type. Like fining people $5,000 for not wearing a mask in Congress... Yeah. Is exactly the same as putting them on a train and sending, sending them to the gas chambers. Yeah. Fucking hell. The fact that they're using different words uh-huh. is neither here nor there because it's exactly. The it. fact that you can avoid it all just by putting a mask on. Yeah. That, that, yeah. yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Uh, then three days later, she tweeted about a supermarket that was adding logos to vaccinated employees' badges. Vaccinated employees get a vaccination logo just like Nazis forced Jewish people to wear a gold star. <laughs> what? <laughs> the Nazis weren't going, like... well done, you're a Jew. Well done. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for being Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. No. What? <sighs> no. Huh? So is it... <laughs> it... Yeah, it's a, it, uh, it's a because the gold star, <laughs> well, it was a yellow star, but yeah, uh-huh. was a mark of ever of a, a second class citizen, essentially. Yes, it was, exactly. It was, yeah, it, was, it was saying it was to point out to them that these people are not to be treated as humans. Yeah, and you and you can quite ha- happily abuse them, and in fact, we encourage you to do that. Yeah, and and yet the people who've been vaccinated. They've been yeah, yeah. That is to say, these people are safe to go and ask a question about yeah, like whether you have this kind of thing in in a size six. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> quite safe. That you know they uh-huh. they probably are wearing a mask because they're in the store, and yeah. also they're vaccinated. So if you're at all worried that they might have COVID, you needn't worry because they're wearing a mask, and also we can identify that they were. Well, because she was a great thing that the the, the vaccination was in imposition from the deep state, you know, to to get you hooked on adrenochrome, oh, yeah. and yeah, yeah. and therefore was a mark of the beast. So <laughs> if you had the vaccination, you were, well, a you had it by force, and b we're now going to shame you in public for for being subjected to force and willingly surrendering. And all that kind of... She she would have had... Uh, and I'm seal-botting a bit. She would have had yeah. a point yeah. if yeah. it had been done the other way round. If they were putting... Right. If they were making unvaccinated employees yeah. wear something specific to show... And, and, and all ring of a bell the, and go, yeah, to, 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 yeah. to wear a, an armband or a gold star yeah. or yeah. something on their uniform to show that they were unvaccinated... Yeah. So that people knew to avoid them if they then didn't want to be, be around unvaccinated people. That would that be would it would be still be stupid. Unlike, yeah. But it would but it would be closer to to what she's claiming. Yes. Cuz it yeah, it denotes people as someone to kind of stay away from in a way. Yes. And it and completely responsibly and sensibly. It wouldn't yeah. I would still be behind it and think it was a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it would have a little but... bit more validity in what yeah. she's saying. Yeah, yeah. Because there's something about the use of the reductio ad Hitlerum by the right wing that is always completely the opposite of what's actually happening. <laughs> yeah. They do it in order to distract you from the sensibleness of what's going on and from the from the the mildness of what's going on so they they swing you way across the other side to pump up your ire and and they pump up your ire so you kind of go oh yeah no that's god that's god that's bloody terrible and it's really bloody terrible <laughs> rather than yeah. well actually it's a small thing that people have just done it's a bit like the people getting up in arms because one of the supermarket chains in the UK allowed employees if they wanted to to put on their name badge their preferred pronouns 
and the right-wing press, of course, burst to several blood vessels in their eyeballs in their rage because this was exactly like Nazi Germany, where people were forced to declare who they are and what <laughs> they are, like yeah. it's important. And people go, oh, it was a bank, I think. And people closed down their accounts and took yeah. their money away. <laughs> you think, it's right, so bizarre. Well, actually, if you're going to do that, you're not the kind of customer I really would want through mm-hmm. my doors. Yeah. If you're going to get incensed about that kind of thing. So it becomes a, so it was, it was a very gentle, consensual, communal thing that just said, if you would like to, if you, if you, if that makes you feel more comfortable, of course you can do that. Yeah. Of course you can. I am very much in favor of some shops, banks, brands, Becoming ones that right wingers boycott completely, and them yeah. having their own places to go, so yeah. that because that means we're less likely then to come into contact with these fucking exactly, assholes yeah. when we go to the to the supermarket that doesn't accept that kind of thing. But you'd walk, but you'd walk, you'd have to walk past <laughs> the right wing supermarket and the right wing bank. It would the, the noise. Uh, Can you imagine I, the noise? I, plan a route round them. That'd be it fine. Would be, it would be like going past the bank. Or the, the the corner shop in Free Guy every morning. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody would come bursting <laughs> through the glass door. Somebody would go running in and hold the place up. That's that would be the right wing outlets. <laughs> would be exactly like that. People would go. This is exactly like Nazi Germany, and then firing several hundred rounds into the ceiling, yeah. and then falling, then falling <laughs> to the ground, going. Okay, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, three days after that, at a rally with Matt Gates, she is on a roll. Yeah. She uh, pointed to the fact that the Nazi Party was officially the National Socialist German Workers Party, and claimed that that meant they were just like the Democratic Party, which is, she said, now a National Socialist Party. Yeah. And then that, someone yeah. had a word. Yeah. And and in June, she visited the Holocaust Museum, and then publicly apologised for wow. her her words comparing things to the Holocaust and things to, to the Nazis and saying, look, this is, you know, completely, it's, I understand it's offensive, it's unacceptable, and I apologise for the, for the offence that I've caused by, by making cool. these comparisons. Nothing should be compared to the Holocaust and all of this stuff is very, very bad. Yeah. Um, you know, it's awful. Three weeks yeah. later, <laughs> she, yeah. she talked about the plan to launch a door-to-door vaccine information effort, tweeting... <gasps> Uh, people don't need your medical brown shirts showing up at their door. <laughs> oh my god! Is this yeah. around the time that Mitch McConnell talked about um, censoring her for these? Outrageous yeah, it outbursts? was. It was after the whole kind of the run of Nazi stuff in May. Yeah, I think, yeah. That he he yeah. actually got involved. I did do an edit of that speech <laughs> as yeah. an advert for my band, The Outbursts, which he <laughs> when he talked about trying to control these outbursts. It's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. And it and she's still doing it. In February of this year, she famously accused Nancy Pelosi's gazpacho police of spying on members of Congress. Because <laughs> they're secretly Cause... warming it up. They're going, Oh no, this is quite, it's a bit weird. This. Have you got have you got cold tomatoes? I have. Yeah. <laughs> No, just 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 put it in the microwave, uh-huh. and then the gazpacho police going, "Are you putting that in the microwave?" <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just storing it in there because the fridge was full. <laughs> You've got to drink it cold. It's gazpacho. Brilliant. That's excellent. That's uh-huh. it. Just, 
it's befitting of a completely ignorant person. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about to try and invoke the ad Hitlerum, but misspelling it. It's like when Lauren Boper accused Biden of making a decisive speech because she's too stupid to to yeah. call him divisive. Divisive, yes, um, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So, uh, and exactly. and actually, speaking of that decisive, divisive speech, yeah, when Biden spoke to the nation about fighting essentially for the heart of America, yeah, in front of Philadelphia's Independence Hall, and yeah. which was lit behind him in red, white, and blue. Lots of right-wingers kind of cropped that image so that it was just him with the red behind him in the middle yeah, and then likened it to Hitler. And Marjorie Taylor Greene on September 2nd of this year uh, tweeted a picture of that with the caption, Joe Biden is Hitler, and the hashtag Nazi Joe has to go. It's It's just stripped out all all pretense of yeah. analogy or anything, and just calling him Hitler, just yeah. going Nazi Joe and calling Joe Biden Hitler. Joe Biden is, is Hitler. Mm. They can't decide, and we've said this before, they can't decide if he is an ineffectual old man with dementia who can't get anything yeah. done, or yeah. a fascist dictator. Yeah. You can't be, you literally can't be both. Can't be both. No. If if there was a fascist dictator who was who was old and doddering and couldn't do anything, it wouldn't matter. He wouldn't. The, there would be nothing to fear from that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there would be so many people fighting to take his place. <laughs> for one, because you know we know that's how revolutionaries work. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And also, not only is he Hitler, he's also Lenin. Yeah. So somehow. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, and she's still in elected office? Amazingly, yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not been enough for them to really even censure her at all. No. Yeah. No. It's fine. I mean, yeah, cuz who is who's going to censure the the right wing isn't because no. it's all they've got. You know, we're heading into midterms. It's all they've got. Just going, yeah, just let her rant. It'll <laughs> it'll convince some people. Uh-huh. Just let her do it. We've got to get, the we've got to get all the fucking thing in. is it probably yeah. will. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics. Corner. Well, of course, when it comes to reductio ad Hitlerum, our thoughts turn to the dearly departed, the departed Home Secretary, Pretty Patel, who was pretty much always depicted by artist Cold War Steve in his photoshopped Hogarthian etchings, goose-stepping in jackboots, laughing at the fate of refugees. So our first example is a tweet from Ian Austin, who who tweets under at Lord Ian Austin, who was a Labour MP and the trade envoy to Israel. He also describes himself as a cyclist, (laughs) AVFC, Aston Villa Football Club, and he helped beat Corbyn and the hard left and would do it again. And he finishes with clouds to the left, jokers to the right. So I'm not quite sure where he is, but he lives in Dudley, lives in Dudley in the Midlands. So he was a Labour MP, possibly is now in the House of Lords. Not quite sure, given that he's describing the left clouds to the left, jokers to the right. Yeah, whereas he's stuck in the middle with Starmer, probably. Anyway, so 
I'm not quite sure what his complaint is when he tweeted about the victory of the Lib Dems Helen Morgan in the North Shropshire by-election in 2021. She won with a 34% swing from the Conservatives. This was the first time anyone other than Conservatives won since the seat was established in the 30s. There was a by-election following the resignation of Tory MP Owen Paterson, who was disgraced and for whom Boris tried to change the rules of measuring levels of disgrace, which we've discovered, we discussed before. <laughs> and he tweeted, North Shropshire has an MP who accused Pretty Patel of behaving like Goebbels, said the decision to prorogue Parliament was what Hitler did and likened the experience of Channel migrants to Jewish prisoners at Auschwitz. Great. So it, I'm not sure what his complaint is. Is his complaint that Helen called out Patel's behaviour. Is that what his complaint is? Is it that she trivialises the fate of the victims of the Holocaust? Or is it that she's just not Labour, because she's Lib Dems, and thus beyond the reach of Starmer's purge of the anti-Semitism in the Labour Party? The actual tweet that he's complaining about was in a 2021 response to a Twitter post from Pretty Patel about asylum seekers crossing the channel in small boats. And Helen Morgan had tweeted... Please tear up your copy of Goebbels' manual. And in 2019, she published the following tweet regarding Boris Johnson's attempt to prorogue Parliament. It's what Hitler did in 1933. This is a shameless power grab by a right-wing elite. And despite the truths of the statements, because it, it is what Hitler did, yeah, yeah, and what Pratit Patel was trying to put in place was what Goebbels did. So despite the truth of the statements, the problem with the reductio ad Hitlerum is that it ignites opposition and gives that opposition fuel to be incandescent with righteous rage. And in the process, and, and just being incandescent with righteous rage, they're just angry. And thus that anger, so it's an, also an appeal to vehemence, distracts people from the truth. And it gives the right-wing press the chance to describe any later apology, which Helen Morgan had to make, as forced to make a grovelling apology. And they even do their own reductio ad Hitlerum. The Mail Online of November 24, 2021 says, A Tory campaigner told Mail Online, given that the Lib Dem candidate thinks Brexit is akin to the rise of the Third Reich, it is almost—it's almost surprising to see she's been whitewashing her biography to hide her enthusiastic support for overturning the referendum result. What they're <laughs> saying is she's saying that Brexit is the Third Reich, but what she is doing is akin to Hitler's Germany. So, is that whitewashing or support for overturning? Are those Hitlerian acts? I don't know. Yeah, it's not clear what they're trying to say. And frankly, no. the male of of anyone, given their enthusiastic support for Hitler, really need to fucking stay out of this debate. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they should not be the ones yeah. calling people out for being a bit like Hitler. Cause, a bit Hitlery. Yes. Yeah. They In the past, they would have. They would have. <laughs> yeah. They would have yeah. just gone. Great. Yeah. Excellent. Well done for that. Yeah. Exact. Nice behavior. guy. Getting rid of all the people we Up don't like. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that, see, that's the other thing about reductio ad Hitlerum that you can, you can be incensed about what somebody has said by invoking Hitler, you go, well, what you've just said is tantamount 
to Hitler's Germany, and that and people just go, yes, bloody hell! That which <laughs> make which raises the the anger and and disgust yeah. at what Hitler did. It's yeah. a bit. It's a bit I mean, you so well. No, I don't think is that. I don't think that's the problem. I don't think right, the problem right. is that that it raises anger about what Hitler did. I think that's fine. I think right. yeah, <laughs> it does raise the the general level of anger and incivility let's call it that of the debate yeah. as a whole it it, yes. it does not lead to a calming down of emotions when you accuse no. someone of being hitler or it, being yeah, like well, I hitler think, i think it way. appeals it appeals to it's a it's an appeal to yeah you know yeah right hitler right and everyone goes yeah fucking hell hitler jesus yeah. christ that, that's all you need to do it's a bit like being in a covers band <laughs> you're playing cover songs if you play yeah. a fairly decent version of the original people tend to remember the original song and think <laughs> you've done a good job of it I mean, uh -huh. it's a bad analogy but you know because i'm not comparing covers bands to hitler oh i so almost spit out my beer at that that was so... <laughs> the, <laughs> the idea of like a, a fairly good cover band of hitler <laughs> <laughs> that's almost, oh Jesus! That's almost Pythonesque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mr. Yeah. Hilter, Mr. Hilter, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that's also the other thing about when you reduce it to Hitler, you can walk away. That's it. You've you've let off the Hitler bomb. Uh -huh. You can walk away, and people just go, "God, bloody!" They're just kind of fuming and banging the desk. And and thinking quite right, yes, that's yeah, kill the kill the witch, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So the second example in June 2022, back when Boris's only ever so slightly right of centre in comparison to Truss's government was in well, I hesitate to say in charge, <laughs> but when Boris was the prime minister in June 15th, prime minister's questions. Keir Starmer points out some of the things Boris's backbenchers think of him. This is a document, cir document circulated by his backbench in which they call him the Conservative Corbyn. Prime Minister, I don't think that was intended as a compliment. <laughs> Somebody shouts, exactly. And you go, well, what exactly do you mean by that? But in response to that, going out on that day, on the 15th of June... Tristan Cross, who's a content producer and comedian, don't know, has a website, it's got some comic-shaped things on it. Um, he quipped on Twitter in response to, and Boris Johnson is conservative Corbyn, Adolf Hitler is the Nazi Keir Starmer. I'm not, I'm really not sure what he was going for. No, I kind of, no. I understand the, the joke-shaped statement yeah. similar to <laughs> the thing that... That, yeah. yeah, the conservative Corbyn, but it doesn't. Yeah, really yes, exactly. mean anything? Yeah, no, no, it's just as yeah. um funny. But 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 and for me, even when demonstrating the ridiculousness of the instant collapse of argument that is reductio ad hitlerum, so you just kind of you 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 fire off the mention of Adolf Hitler, and and that everything just falls around down it falls down around your ears. And that's the end of the argument kind of stuff. He's, I don't know what he's going for. It doesn't succeed because it lacks sufficient context. Um, 
Stuart Lee, and we talked about it before, does similar reductio ad absurdums. Um, uh, go look at the Paul Nuttles of the UKIPs example that we've talked about before and his immigration policies, which goes as far as demanding... So in, in Stuart <laughs> Lee's riff, it goes as far as demanding fish go into back back into the sea and not evolve, coming over here, evolving onto the land. But And he... So what Stuart Lee is doing is building for his statement, which is preposterous, an immense, if absolutely bonkers, context. But he knows the need for a context in order to make uh, a statement as as controversial as Adolf Hitler's Nazi Keir Starmer. And indeed, Stuart Lee in the Guardian column of June the 19th 2022 characterizes Pretty Patel's illegal immigrants deportation policy as Schrodinger's Rwanda. And the final paragraph says the pockets of protesters currently engaged in street battles against police forced to carry out snatch raids on immigrants are a last line of defense against a home office that cannot be trusted to act eth- ethically. Your children study the rise of Hitler in history and are asked how the people of 30s Germany allowed their country to slide into fascism. Well, now we can tell them. Kids, look out of the classroom window. It was like this. So there's Stuart Lee painting the entirety of the compliant Tory voting populace as Nazi sympathisers. I mean, the thing is, as 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 I said earlier, we have been guilty of invoking Hitler and Nazis and stuff, talking about Trump. Yeah. When you're in a situation where there are kind of lists out there created by historians and experts on the Third Reich uh, and fascism in general and things like that, of how a society moves towards fascism mm-hmm. and what things, what the kind of the benchmarks are that you need to watch out for, bef- yeah. you know, in, in case these things should happen. And like a good 80 to 90% of those things are happening. Mm-hmm. There's a point at which it becomes okay to, yeah. to keep, to mention it occasionally yeah. and say well, it becomes, it becomes, it, it becomes not necessary. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not fallacious to mention it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, Godwin, uh, the the guy who came up with Godwin's law about the longer a, a conversation on the internet, essentially an argument yeah. on the internet goes on, the more likely Hitler is to be brought up. Yeah, uh, he <laughs> yeah. he said a couple of years ago, you know, talk about Trump and Hitler all the time. For as far as I'm concerned, that that you know, there are times when it's warranted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not something to be dismissed. That's the thing. Yeah. And and perhaps in the the strength and bluntness and frequency of Marjorie Taylor Greene's announcements, what that the of the rise of narcissism in the Democratic Party, what is normally true in political circles is that the the people that are doing it accuse the other lot of doing what they're mm. doing. That's possibly a litmus test oddly uh, yeah. ironically i think that was a tactic of goebbels it was accused the other side of the thing yeah. of which you yeah. are guilty was specifically yeah. one of yeah. his and also ideas. the thing about and uh, wasn't that him 
keep telling the lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And often enough, if you control the media through which the lies are being told, keep telling the lie, and eventually it will become the truth. Yeah. Okay, who won the election in mm-hmm. 2020 and who maintains that they didn't? And what? how do yeah. they deal with that? Well, they just keep telling the lie. It is the Goebbels playbook. I mean, yeah. we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it in this episode. So, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, so sue me. Who do you think you are kidding, quasi quoting? If you think we'll trickle down, we see straight through your wild fallacies. We see you resting in quantitative ease. Cause who do you think you are kidding, Mr. Quartang? You're bringing England to its knees. Bud Flanagan there with the theme from Dad's Army. So in The Fallacy in the Wild, we like to talk about the fallacy of the week from a non-political perspective. And this week, we start with a clip from Community. And actually, this is the same episode as the clip that I played on our last episode. Ah. And in this episode, one of the main plots is that Jack Black is a new student, although there's kind of some retconning that suggests he's actually been there the whole time, where he is trying to get to be one of the group, one of the study group. And they don't like him. He's annoying. And they're, they're trying to get rid of him. Buddy, just be reasonable. And go. Make me. Hitler. <gasps> okay, so uh, since Buddy's not leaving, he'll just be the person who we wish wasn't here while we study. Try getting that deal from Hitler. It just says Hitler. <laughs> you know, that's Absolutely. ultimately what Marjorie Taylor Greene will be doing at the next yeah. summit. She'll just get on stage and go, Hitler! And people will just go, yeah, you're bloody right. Raising one arm in a straight arm salute. Obviously, yeah. but they'll just go, yeah, <laughs> you're so right. God, he is. Who are we talking about? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeff, in this particularly, is trying to be absolutely as, as conciliatory as possible and saying, look, you know, just kind of be reasonable. Just, just you know, it's clear that you're not really gelling with the group. Just just kind of decide on your own to go. And it's like, and yeah. they, I, that's what <laughs> what compels him to call him Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes. It works. Yeah, yeah. It gets the reaction. He, he won't be. Le- yeah. He won't be leaving. Yeah. yeah. So our second example comes from Office Space, the fantastic Mike Judge film. I do, I have ah, to say, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something controversial here. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Beavis and Butthead. What? I just don't. I don't think it's funny. I, it's weird. I, ju- I don't. I don't get how Mike Judge can make Beavis and Butthead, and also things like Office Space and Idiocracy. Yeah, they're yep. so good, and that is. I don't. Don't get it. But sorry about that. Anyone who really likes Beavis and Butthead, but Office Space is fantastic. And yep. in this scene, Peter Gibbons, Ron Livingston, has just told Jennifer Aniston, Joanna, about uh, their scheme to steal lots of money. In a way that is, as far as he's concerned, absolutely fine. It's not a big deal. But she thinks it's bad. I don't know. It just seems wrong. It's not wrong. Inatech is wrong. Inatech is an evil corporation, all right? Tchotchkes is wrong. 
doesn't it bother you that you have to get up in the morning and you have to put on a bunch of pieces of flair? Yeah, but I'm not about to go in and start taking money from the register. Well, maybe you should. You know, the Nazis had pieces of flair, but they made the Jews wear. What? <laughs> so, so the restaurant she works in, Tchotchkes, makes yeah. their employees wear kind yeah. of suspenders with with buttons, like badges and and things on. Right. And they yeah. have a they have a minimum number, and she's constantly getting in trouble for for only having the minimum, even though it is allowed to have the minimum but her manager is like well you know yeah but it's a that's just the minimum don't you want to express yourself and have like more look at this guy he's got 37 (laughs) and and yeah and yeah the fact that they make them wear badges and buttons and Mm. things he is he is equating that to the nazis (laughs) making jews wear flair yeah and uh yeah it's that's that's quite a good example i think of just taking one thing that is not, I mean, it's not even similar, but it is something that you yeah. can say is the same thing. And yeah. then and suggesting that because that, in that one way, they are similar to Nazis. Yeah. Therefore, they're, they're, they are similar in other ways too, implying yeah. that yeah. they are therefore evil. Yeah. And so. that they, they are therefore not only similar, but exactly the same as or yeah. in in so far as we ascri- we ascribe the evil nastiness to the the subject of the person yeah. that they're comparing them to you go oh yeah the, he's an evil person so <laughs> the fact that you're doing something similar to something that that he brought about then you are as evil as that evil yeah. person in your entirety yeah and it and it steamrollers yeah. over her quite good point where she says that, yeah, it does bother her that she has to do this. She doesn't like doing it, but it doesn't justify stealing. Yeah, but in invoking the, you know, reductio uh, to add Hitler, he's getting her to say, well, that's, you know, well, what they're doing is Nazi-like behaviour. So they deserve to be stolen yeah. from, the justification for that yeah. kind of behaviour. Yeah, Which is yeah. another fallacy, actually, called two wrongs make a right. Uh, way, ah. which is kind of like a two-quart way, but it's justifying your own yeah. bad behaviour based on the fact that the people deserve it because they did a bad thing too. But we'll yeah. get to that another time, I expect. Yeah. Oh, I can hear Trump doing that already. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So our third example <laughs> comes from just the best thing ever, which is Faulty Towers. Yeah. yeah. And in this episode, various of Faulty Towers residents have complained about things poor service mostly um that basil faulty has been giving them and it it takes him to breaking point which is not that hard this is typical absolutely the kind of i had to put up with from you people you pumps in here expecting to be hand waited on hand and foot while i'm trying to run a hotel here have you any idea of how much there is to do? Do you ever think of that? Of course not. You're too busy sticking your noses into every corner, poking about for things to complain about, aren't you? Well, let me tell you something. This is exactly how Nazi Germany started. Layabouts with nothing better to do than to cause trouble. <laughs> Brilliant. And it's so, what's so lovely about it is just hearing, just listening to the audio 
and not being, you know, kind of distracted by his sort of spidery <laughs> movements, is that he's he stumbles on your wait, waiting, waiting on, on hand, hand of foot. Yeah, yeah. He says hand waiting on hand of foot, <laughs> and just just carries on, just ah, uh-huh. oh, so good, and then and. He didn't call for a retake. He didn't kind of go, oh, yeah, no, I'm out. I'll do it again. It's just so good. <laughs> it's exactly what in Nazi Germany. Layabouts. With nothing around, better to do with than nothing cause trouble. better to do than cause trouble. So good. Very good. <laughs> so I, in my in my research for uh, this week, I, I stumbled upon this. Which is uh, just quite—it's literally the 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 Hitler song. It's on YouTube, and it's by an artist called Rusty Cage. Don't—I don't suspect that's his real name, <laughs> but I can't find anything more about him. And it's a brilliant indictment of. Well, I I suspect he's a he's a, a slightly left of centre. He's a he's a left winger. He's a Democrat probably. So the song's called "Literally Hit the Song," and in the in the byline in the um, in the blurb underneath it, it says "figuratively hit the song." So I think it's I think it's more all right. So here's a, here's a clip from it, but we'll put in the show notes the link to the entire thing. It's hilarious. Everyone I don't like is literally Hitler, literally Hitler, literally Hitler. Everyone I don't like is literally Hitler. Let's have a look and see. You got Donald Trump, PewDiePie, and Pepe the Frog. Hand signs, free speech, follow Godwin's law. Pro-life conservatives, grammar police, white men, YouTubers, people who eat meat. Everyone except for me. That's Marjorie Taylor Greene's defense. <laughs> everyone I don't like is literally Hitler, and everyone except for me. And people would just be sitting there going, "You yeah, know, she's a little bit, she's a little bit like Hitler, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit, a little yeah. bit." But there, I love it in there. There is a reference to God, Godwin's law, but it's in the list of things that are like Hitler, <laughs> that are literally Hitler. Is Godwin's Law, which is just a brilliantly meta joke. <laughs> Love it. So before we move on to fake news this week, yeah. I'm a little bit ashamed, Mark. Are you? Oh, dear. Yeah. Why so? Well, because we haven't spent enough time convincing yeah. our listeners that they need to vote in the midterms and get involved in the democratic process. We haven't. We've we've just let it go. We've We've kind of... Right. We've let it fall know, by the wayside this did, year. We, we kind of did make all the difference in the last time. We did. We, yeah, last people. election, yeah. undoubtedly, the the yeah. the impact we had by encouraging our listeners yeah. to vote was just, you know, it made all the difference. But it's yeah. not too late. There is still time. Right. Early voting has started in about four or five states, I think, now. There's still time to register in every single state. If you're not registered to vote, there's, there's time everywhere yeah. um, up until, I think... It is the 9th of October, the first couple of states closed voter registration. Right. So there's still time everywhere yeah. if you're not registered or if you know people who aren't registered and can encourage them to do so. There is still time to get involved in the get out the vote process, whether that is by volunteering, getting involved in, in your local get out the vote kind of programs that, that are available and are around, uh, or donating if you can, and certainly kind of making your plan of how and when you're going to vote 
voting early if you can and and making sure that that happens and that all the people that you know vote as well only 44 days left to the midterms midterms. yeah yeah november the 8th sounds a lot but you know november the 8th yeah and one thing that we did last time was we donated some of our patreon money to that get out the vote process and we're going to do that again yeah. On October the 10th, we're going to be making a donation to when we all vote. Uh, why October the yeah. 10th? Because that is when our next episode comes out. And mm-hmm. whatever the Patreon dollars are, per, like yep. the per episode money at that point on our Patreon at patreon.com slash ftrump, yep. we're going to donate that. And also then we will match that. So we'll double it, essentially. Yep. And then... At the moment, if I donate through a portal that my employer has, they will match that mm-hmm. too. So essentially, that cool. will quadruple wow. our Patreon money, which is fantastic. Yeah. So if you have been thinking about becoming a patron or increasing your patron support or anything like that, yeah. now would be an excellent time to do it before yeah. our next episode. Even if you just want to do it, if all of our patrons right now just increased it to the top level for a month. Yeah, yeah. Then we could we will quadruple that contribution or that contrib your contribution will be quadrupled and go to the get out of the vote. Absolutely. Uh, if you if you just want to do it for now and then stop, there's no it doesn't tie you in for an amount of time. During the time that you are a patron or have, or whatever, you obviously will have access to all of the extra material that we put out for patrons, so you can you can get that stuff. But if you only want to do it for a month, that's absolutely fine. We will make that contribution. You know, we're not a huge podcast. It's not going to be thousands, but it will be hundreds of dollars yeah. as a donation. And that can make a difference in some places. So absolutely. we're proud that that is a possibility that we can do. And yeah. obviously, thank you to our patrons who make that possible. No, absolutely. That's Yes, it couldn't be done without you. And thank you for making it possible to do what we did last time. And, and plus, of course, you get access to all our back catalogue of free stuff. So you could spend the 44 days whilst you're waiting to vote, listening to all of our content for supporting when we all vote. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yes, it's time for Fake News, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. I've finally realised, I've, I've, I've had a revelation, that in designing this game, Jim, which is a monument to the glory <laughs> of winning, you've simply done what Albert Speer has done, and I think you should be ashamed. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, I see yeah. this game very like the 1936 Olympics. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and the 1937 Paris uh-huh. um, Expo. Yeah, exactly the same yeah. thing. We're, we're kind of, we're running, we're head to head, you know, two upcoming empires. Uh, yeah, head to head, casting deep shadows across the, the Seine. Uh-huh. Yes. So our theme this week. Right. Basically this week at a rally, I think in Ohio. Trump claimed that he came up with the term caravans for lots of migrants traveling all together towards the border. Okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we talked before about how he he claimed to come up with the phrase prime the pump, uh, which he definitely didn't. And so these are other things that he claims 
Phrases that he claims he came up with. He invented, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Statement number one. Now, I shouldn't say it to the people in this room, because, you know, a couple of you are a little marginal about this, but I came up with this expression. It's called drain the swamp, right? Drain the swamp. I hate when he does that. When he kind of... He 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 includes you into his kind of coterie, his inner circle, and you feel you feel slightly icky, little bit, little bit greasy <laughs> when you're kind of going. No, I'm not. I'm I'm here under protest in this room. I'm I'm just guarding the door so nobody gets out. That's my <laughs> job. I shouldn't say it to the people in this room because you and th- and then. You've included me in your greasy coterie, but then you're then you're accusing us of being a little marginal. What does that even mean? <laughs> you're a little marginal about this, and then laying claim to a thing that many of the people in ancient Holland did <laughs> to reclaim a lot of land. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, it would have been in Dutch, but, you know, it translates the same way. Mm. So statement okay. number two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the one yeah. that came up with the term rigged system. And I said it a year and a half ago pertaining to my system. And frankly, had I not won all these states by massive landslides, I wouldn't be standing here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Well, no, it's not true. I was about to say, it's not often that you look at a, a, a paragraph and every single thing in it is false. But no, that's, that's, we've come, uh-huh. we've, we're used to that. Had I not won all this, well, where is he standing? Where are you standing now in, in, in a golf club in Mar-a-Lago, yeah. in the, in the bar, including <laughs> people in to your inner circle? Who just want a drink and to be left alone. Okay. So, okay. statement number three. Yeah. So, I called yeah. the media, the fake news media, enemies of the people. I came up with that phrase. I was very proud of it. People said I went too far. But I really believe that's what they are, okay? Enemies of the people. What? Okay. I came up with that phrase. Enemies of the people. Okay. What about Nazi, <laughs> Nazi Germany and Communist Russia? Yeah. Okay. Right. <clears throat> oh Jesus! And to and to him saying this, do people go? Yeah, no, he did. No, that's right. I did. I hadn't yeah, heard I'd it. Never before. heard it before. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> right. Okay. <clears throat> right. Well, I, I kind of quite, despite the fact I dismissed it as utter tosh. I suspect drain the swamp. One is probably real because he's kind of doing that bit where you where you lean into the microphone and then you crook your whole arm and go yeah come come in come in listen (laughs) to this listen to this yeah okay and mm, ice mm, rig systems massive landslides okay but then a year and a half ago pertaining to my system that sounds very Trump like take this music and the people. Okay, so I think despite the fact it's very funny, I think number three is the one that you made up. Probably because it's very funny. Okay, so with the other two which do you think 
is more convincing. I think. Okay, I think that the drain the swamp one. I'm quite taken with. Okay, and number yeah. one. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Real. Now I shouldn't say it to the people in this room. Because, you know, a couple of you are a little marginal about this. But I came up with this expression. It's called drain the swamp, right? Drain the swamp. I hate that. <laughs> I shouldn't say it. I shouldn't say it. I shouldn't say it, no. Because I'm not allowed to. And then I say it. So yeah. you're, you're instantly, you're, you're taken into his confidence. <laughs> it's horrible. It makes me shudder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, almost needless to say, he didn't come up with it. It's, no, of course he bloody didn't. Not, not yeah. even in terms of politics and all of that stuff. Yeah. Obviously, it can be literal. But in terms of uh, politics and DC and, and stuff, the uh, the first yeah. that I've been able to find a, a, a clear example of it, Helen Hunt Jackson said, clear the swamp, or wrote right. clear the swamp in uh, 1881. About politics about uh you know yes clearing uh-huh. clearing the swamp was an apt metaphor for how to start addressing quote the disgrace to us of the present condition of our indians um so yeah, yeah. all all yeah. of the people yeah. who were not in favor of giving the the native americans their land back and and giving yeah. them rights yeah. with the swamp that she wanted to clear a, was a disgrace yeah. yeah yeah there was a a socialist desire to drain the capitalist swamp by yeah. Winfield R. Gaylord in uh, yep. in the late 1890s. Uh, Victor that's Berger. A name to conjure with, isn't it? Name. That's terrific. Uh, Victor Berger yep. in the in 1913 referred to changing the capitalist system as draining the swamp. And so yep. it's been yeah well over a hundred years that phrase has yep. been used. And nobody's bloody listened. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody's gone. Oh yeah, do you know what? Yeah, he said he was talking about draining the capitalist yeah, yeah. swamp. We should probably yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. We should we, get around to it we eventually. We should probably do that. Yeah. 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 And then people going, yeah, there's no money in that, though. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's true. Yeah, what are we thinking? What, yeah, what about your vested interest? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no. You're right. Yeah. So you also think uh, that yeah. statement number two is real? And number two... Yes. Yeah. ...is real. I'm the one that came up with the term rigged system. And I said it a year and a half ago pertaining to my system. And frankly... Had I not won all of these states by massive landslides, I wouldn't be standing here. What? So it's a rigged system. Yeah. And I said it a year ago pertaining to my system. So what he's talking about. (laughs) That he that his system was rigged. Yeah, so so what he's talking about is a different election, like a local election being rigged, because obviously the local Republican didn't win. So he said he came up with the term rigged system and when he came up with it he was talking about his system meaning the election that he was involved in i think i'm being a little bit right. generous because he doesn't make it totally right. clear but i what, so I, when did he i think that's what he's so, this, so is he referring to the one in 2016 yes when he yeah won? yes but it was rigged so that he didn't win the popular vote uh right if okay. you remember three yeah. million yeah. illegal aliens voted uh, for Hillary, right. or for Hillary, yes. obviously, uh, yeah, which meant yeah, yeah, that she yeah. won the popular vote. But uh, mm. but that was rigged. And, yeah. I mean, again, 
no, he didn't. He didn't come up with that phrase. That phrase has been used for a while. <laughs> yeah. Back in uh, 1911, it was used in British Parliament, uh, talking about, ah. again, specifically elections. The Democratic Unionist mm. Party, this is from Hansard, believes in legislative devolution where the people of Northern Ireland decide through, a, through the ballot box who will be the government without a rigged system such as power sharing. So. Wow. And it's been used many, 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 many times since. The irony is, of course, there is a power share sharing government in Northern Ireland now, isn't there? Yeah. That's why currently Stormont isn't sitting, because there's not an agreement from the party that isn't Sinn Féin, because Sinn Féin, Sinn Féin won, won the, the election. Vote. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, won the vote, and the DUP didn't, but they so they've... They're refusing on the grounds that the British government will back them in their indignation at having <laughs> lost. They're refusing to share the power. Yeah. And so they get still. No, they, yeah. they haven't learned. 111 years old. No. Nothing yeah. has changed. So, no. uh, yeah, that does mean that number three hey! was indeed fake news. And he oh, he did right. not well, claim yeah. that he came up with the phrase enemy of the people, as far as I've been able to find, at least. Um, right. In fact, that right. that phrase goes all the way back to Shakespeare and probably beyond. Uh, enemies yeah. of the people has been used many, 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 many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like it. I have uh, it in possi- my Facebook profile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Arguably, <laughs> yeah. arguably, it was used by the Romans. They talked about people being public enemies, and it's yeah. it's kind of not. It, you could possibly translate it the, from the Latin for public enemy to enemy of the people, but yeah. But the clearly used in English, certainly by Shakespeare. Yeah. So uh, that yeah. means that you have gone all Yay! the way up to forty-eight out of ninety-nine. So you oh, you have the opportunity so close. to get to forty-nine yeah. percent on the next episode. Yes, if I win the next two in a row. No, well you've what you're up to forty-eight out of ninety-nine. So if you win yeah. the next one, you've got forty-nine out of a hundred. There we go. Yeah, so close. So <laughs> close. To that self-imposed target, yeah, fifty, <laughs> completely arbitrary <laughs> yeah. number, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now I'm disappointed in myself as a, as, as you as should a be. human being. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quite right. yeah. That's just that's just like bloody Hitler. <laughs> So it's time for the part of the show that this week, at least, is called Human Trafficking is Not a Logical Fallacy, because we have to talk about what Ron DeSantis did to essentially using using 50 migrants from Venezuela as a political stunt. And I've heard it said that the cruelty is the point. I mean, we hear it said that a lot about the Republican Party. I, I don't think... Actually, that's quite fair in this case. I don't think the point of this was to be cruel to those migrants. It's just that he doesn't give a shit. It's just that they absolutely don't care at all that this is incredibly cruel. The point of it was to get a bit of publicity about how Democrats, you know, talk a good game about embracing yeah. migrants and and being sanctuary cities and all that kind of stuff but when you actually send them 50 people who who desperately need help uh they yeah. they 
really bad at dealing with it and they'll probably just hit them or something um and obviously that's yeah. not what happened at all it didn't it didn't go so, the way he expected so you kind of so that's it's kind of the rest well it's well we know it was the rhetoric of bloody um Tucker Carlson yeah, yeah. and you kind of think that's all rhetoric and you go yeah it's not like that really and you know and the the people in Martha's vineyard which is what Tucker Carlson was advocating yeah look Go send people. If you actually send people to Martha's Vineyard, they would do blah, blah, blah. And the people in Martha's, you know, the Democrats would just go, oh, fucking hell, that's, yeah. we're not, we're not going to rise to that. That what, what, we know it's not true. They know it's not true. It's a rhetorical thing. But what does Ron DeSantis do? Actually get 50 people and fly them to Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Not actors that he's paid, not, it's not a kind of Sasha Baron Cohen type social experiment type film where you just get well let's get fifty actors we'll we'll pay them to go be the refugees and see what happens you know or that, yeah. like the YouTubers no, it that it was, do that he wasn't punking the people of Martha's Vineyard he was no he he paid for fifty uh, migrants from Texas not even from Florida he sent them yep. from Texas. To, uh, to Massachusetts, to Martha's Vineyard, and the thing is, it's not just that he sent migrants from one state to another state and then was like, "Ha, see, they can't deal with it." Yeah. It's the cruelty is in the and fact. Then take them back again. Yeah, the cruelty is yeah. is not in the fact that he sent people to a place where there are lots of Democrats. It's the yeah. fact that there were promises made to these people mm. that were. Just complete lies. On the plane. Complete yeah. lies yeah. to to get them to agree to get on the plane. Basically, they were first of yeah. all they were told they were, and this is there's there's slightly different accounts of this because the the reporters have talked to various of the migrants and they may not have all been told the same thing. But they they were told that they were going to Boston. They were uh, they were told that they would be getting when they got there, according to one person. A surprise present, right? That, that which wasn't the kind of best of the things they were told, but but, yeah. but presumably enough to make some of them go, oh, and a surprise present too. Cool. Surprise present, um, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, they were told they would get eight months cash assistance, assistance with housing, food, clothing, transportation to job interviews, job training, job placement, help registering children for school, assistance applying for social security cards, and other benefits. None of wow. which at all is true, because the oh. the the made up brochure that they gave these people, the kind of like well, trifold yeah. bit of A4 paper that they yeah. had printed stuff on, was talking about benefits that are available to refugees who have been referred oh. by the UN High Commissioner for Refugees and authorised to live in the US. They are entitled to some of these benefits that that. Um, were being offered in particular cases, they are not available at all to just people who have crossed the border and um, are either seeking asylum or seeking just, you know, to become US citizens or whatever. Yeah. Because um, they're not refugees no. necessarily. Yeah. 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 And and so, and the thing is that when these people were sent to Martha's Vineyard, they, no attempt whatsoever, in fact, actively 
they didn't contact the people of Martha's Vineyard and say, by the way, there's 50 people coming, they're going to need assistance. It's not even a sanctuary city, and Massachusetts isn't a sanctuary state. So right. it, there are sanctuary cities in Massachusetts, but, but it's, not, uh, it's not the kind of place that has said, send people our way, we'll cope with them, it'll be fine. That yeah. it's and and yet when they were sent, the the rhetoric from the right was, look, they can't cope with it. They they say it's all going to be fine, and then when you send them, they they do a terrible job, and they just they're they're deporting them out of yeah. Martha's Vineyard. I think um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who we talked about earlier on, yeah. said on Twitter, governors should have the same right as Martha's Vineyard. They should be able to deport illegal migrants out of their states and out of the country. Fractally wrong. Because, first of all, (laughs) they didn't deport the migrants out of their state or their country or Martha's Vineyard at all. What they did was when they arrived, after helping them already quite a lot in in situ, they moved them 10 minutes away to to the Cape, also in Massachusetts, just basically across the water from Martha's Vineyard. And that was done by the Republican governor, Charlie Baker. Who hadn't expected the influx, the plane load of people to arrive in a publicity stunt, and yet helped them out and moved them somewhere where they would get some more help. Yeah. And and so all of the rhetoric from people saying, you know, the Democrats, they just, they want to get rid of them, they can't cope, is... Is just not true. They they rallied round, and and Martha's Vineyard is a essentially a kind of holiday destination. It's a it's a, mm. and this was done after the rich Democrats who summer there had left yeah. for the summer because yeah. the summer's over. Yeah. So yeah. the there are some people who live there all the time, but the the people that that the this is aimed at as an attack at. Aren't yeah. even there, basically. But if, right. but the people who are there, year round, rallied round, helped out. Yeah. Um. And this is this was the message from a, a civil rights lawyer who talked to the media about what had been done and what they had to deal with. To the people who find themselves, these wonderful people, who find themselves plane wrecked on our island. I have a message for all of them. You are not alone. We have your backs. We are proud to be here for you. And we've got you. If the intention of those who perpetrated this horrendous act was to create a crisis, you have failed. And that is the response of Democrats to this kind of thing happening. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's fine. We'll deal with go it. Go berserk no. and throw them back out. It's just go... Yeah, you're fine. Don't worry. You're not alone. We're here. We'll look after you. Yeah. But the perspective the of the GOP is, yeah. is yeah. because essentially that's what they would do is is yes. is panic and try and get rid of them and, and offer no assistance whatsoever. So yeah. that's probably what the Democrats will do if they're put into that same situation. But, but yeah, that in is the, in the, the whole thought process. Pro- let's project that onto the bad guy, onto them, yeah. and blame them for it. So actually, the, so they're, the thought experiment, which was rendered into a physical experiment, 
and we'll get into the ethics of that shortly. <laughs> they proved to be uh, a complete failure because they sent these people in and unexpectedly, and the the Democrats, the people who lived there in a Democrat state, rallied round, found somewhere for them to live, gave them something to eat, found, you know, gave them shelter and food and water and yeah. clothing and all that kind of stuff. And then the Republican governor found them other places to stay. Yeah. Town officials had to post on social media that they didn't need more donations. Like, basically, stop wow. sending us food yeah. and clothes for these people because we've, they, we've got, got too loads. much now. Because yeah. immediately the island's residents were, you know... We're coming around and, yep. and helping out and doing everything. Going, you know. Yeah, anything you need, we can send it to, over. To the point it's where they've got everything to we need now. To stop. To, to stop. <laughs> wow. They didn't have to ask people to start. No. They didn't have to go around knocking door to door like brown shirts and and ask people to, for God's sake, see it in your heart to help. They were just going. It's fine, folks. Thank you so much. There's there's so much stuff here. You yep. needn't send any more. Thank you. And uh, Beth Falcarelli, CEO of of the non-profit Martha's Vineyard Community Services, uh, said that residents from across the island and other parts of the country raised more than $175,000 after the migrants' arrival uh, to, to help them out. And while there were some large donations consisting of multiple thousands of dollars, most were contributions between 50 and and $100. And that's just in two wow. days. In two days, people wow. people who heard about this thing going on were like, well, that's shit. We should help out. <laughs> yeah. Thousands of them. Yeah. Tens of thousands of so them. So this wow. attempt to show what what evil hypocrites Democrats are yeah. has yeah. had exactly the opposite effect. The opposite. Yeah. Yeah. They it's did exactly really quite what impressive. the Democrats said they would do. So exactly the, the first half of the sentence as well. They <laughs> say they do this, <laughs> but if you actually did it, they would go to preserve. No, no, they just did what they said they would say they would do. That's that bit. The first bit of your sentence, which you're trying to disprove, that's that's what they actually do. Yeah. The other bit you made up. Yeah. But wow. whereas I said earlier on, the cruelty isn't the point. It's it's yeah. not only for Republicans a happy byproduct. It is at least partly the point. Because they didn't only right. send these people with no notice to a place where there aren't really the resources to deal with it. They yeah. also gave them not just incorrect information about what they could expect when they got there and what benefits they would be in, in order to get them yeah. on the plane. They told them untrue information about other things they should do like for example instructing them to change their address with uh, uscis the uh, citizenship and immigration services which is not mm -hmm. the agency which uh, which immigrants need to register their address with so mm -hmm. by doing that they are making it more likely that those people will then be deported for not registering their address registering with the with agency the right. they're supposed to register yeah. it with. Yeah. They also, agents who were kind of loading these people onto planes and doing the paperwork for them, many of whom, many of the migrants, you know, they're, obviously English isn't their first language, many of them don't speak yeah. English, and, and agents were helping them with paperwork. 
they falsified addresses for these people, choosing apparently random homeless shelters across the US as addresses to put on their forms, on their paperwork, from places as far afield as Tacoma, Washington, DC, Florida, with paperwork that they were carrying with them that instructs them to check in with the ICE office nearest their fake address or be permanently Whoa. removed from the country, with some of them required to, to, to check in by Monday. This was the, I believe it was the Wednesday night they, they arrived in Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. And they were instructed, some of them, to, to check into a, a, an immigration customs office across the country, like in Tacoma, Washington, from Massachusetts, well, the following Monday. By the following Monday. Or be removed from wow. the US. So they're, they're literally <laughs> setting a criteria, which means they can then be deported, and then sending them thousands of miles away the from miles where they the need other to way. be. Yeah, in order to force that to happen. Now that is, it. that really wow. does make it seem like the cruelty is the point. It really, that is yeah. deliberately making it harder for these people, no matter how hard yeah. they try, to follow the rules of what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, so you're you're putting these people in the situation where you're enticing them onto the plane through false pro- false promises, and then falsifying the address that they're registered at in order to force them to not be able to comply. Because how yeah. they like yeah, and in order to force them to be so, what's happening is that the Republicans who are setting this are going berserk and forcing them out of the country, which is exactly what they accuse the Democrats of doing. So under the guise of blaming the Democrats, they're doing inhumane... They're basically kidnapping these people under false pretenses and then under the, 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 the false pretense of helping them forcing them to break the rules yeah. so that they have to deport them. Wow. That's like bloody Nazi Germany. That's yeah. that. Wow. So the latest that I've heard, at least, is that, first yeah. of all, there is a sheriff in Texas who is investigating this as kind of basically trying to see if there were laws broken in this process of what yeah. happened. And if there were to try to bring charges against DeSantis mm. and other people who are involved. Uh, there's also yep. been a um, a class action lawsuit filed by three of the migrants, at least, against DeSantis wow. and against yep. uh, Jared Perdue, Secretary of the Florida Department of Transportation, which is essentially accusing him of executing a premeditated, fraudulent and illegal scheme centred on exploiting the migrants for the sole purpose of advancing his own personal, financial and political interests, which, I mean, that seems like a slam dunk. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly the thing that Priti Patel levelled at the human uh-huh. traffickers for, for, the, for the migrants coming across the channel that she failed to stop in any way. That's exactly what they're doing. Yep. That's the definition of human trafficking. Wow. DeSantis has claimed in an interview with Sean Hannity that all the migrants signed consent forms to go. Mm-hmm. Again, that is on the basis right. that they were being yep. promised all of this stuff. Yep. 
all the things that they yeah um but even yeah. with that the the lawsuit alleges that migrants suffering from food insecurity were pressured to sign this document in order in order to receive a ten dollar McDonald's gift card. Also, there is a copy of the um, consent form that one of the migrants signed in the yeah. um, allegation, uh, and um, as the lawsuit alleges, significant portions are in English and not translated into Spanish, which ah. is again pretty difficult for the for the person to offer yeah. informed consent if they don't speak english exactly yeah yeah that's not yes quite that's a that's a non consensual agreement yeah. so we the in the business that we work in often with you know when you're filming people they need to sign a form that says they were they are giving their informed consent so and in in I've worked in many countries where you know the the form is in English and they speak Nepalese so you have to get that translated there and then and ask them if they understand what the so that they are informed about yeah, the consent. Yeah, it's not because, enough just you know, to get someone to sign something they don't understand and then no, say, well, no, look, they, they signed they, it. <laughs> yeah, yes, because they've got to be, they're informed. Of it. The thing that we're doing means this. To Are you happy about that, that, that you're, we've informed you of the process. Do you consent to taking part in it? And, of course, it's, yeah, there's got to be the, What? So that's that's what they're signing. Or in our you know in our business, we get them to do a, a video yeah. consent. Yeah. They say, "I understand." You know, they can even do it in their own language. I understand what I'm consenting to. I've been informed about it, and I give my consent. That's wow, wow. So if you can't do that, not in their language, no. because how are they? fully informed and that's How not do they that's not a thing it? which is going to be difficult to prove in court no, <laughs> it's no. A... just hold the thing up and go hey oh, look yeah yeah wow so the... yes i mean this is pretty fucking bad well it's, it's an enormous scam uh, isn't yeah it? how much planning has gone into that but that which there's got to be a, tra- a trail of because people don't just turn up. You've mm. got to have all of that in process. You know who printed the brochures, who chartered the plane. All, all yeah, of this that. Stuff, this who, stuff isn't hasn't been done accidentally. They didn't. This isn't no. due to a lack of planning. This is a specific no. decision to defraud these people. They they yeah. have they have in come order up to with, yeah come up with lies they can tell Martha's Vineyard to, yeah. to to have a bit of a soundbite basically on Fox because they sent although they didn't tell anyone at Martha's Vineyard that they, these people were coming they did send a Fox News yeah. cameraman with them on the plane mm-hmm. so yeah. that they could so get they footage yeah, of yeah. it um, of them arriving and you know arriving to find nothing of what they expected to be there yeah. So, yeah, it's just a publicity stunt that had the additional benefit of completely fucking over a large group of migrants. Yeah. Jesus H. And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. 
After three and a half years of gathering evidence, New York Attorney General Letitia James has finally filed her civil lawsuit against Trump last week. Given the number of legal battles Trump is currently facing, I wouldn't blame you for wondering which one this is, so let me explain. When Trump paid his property taxes in New York, he claimed his properties were tiny little run-down hovels too small for even a mouse. But when he used them as collateral for loans, he claimed they were sparkling magical palaces, built from jewels and gold nuggets, mined by hand and licked clean by unicorns. I'm only being slightly facetious. According to Tish James, Trump inflated the value of Mar-a-Lago by almost a thousand percent. Donald isn't the only target of the lawsuit, which also names the Trump organization, Don Jr., Ivanka, and presumably just to make him feel like part of the team, Eric. Penalties sought by the lawsuit include $250 million in recovered assets, a five-year ban on Donald buying any property in New York, and a permanent ban on Donald or any of his three oldest children running a business in New York at all. Which sounds to me like a small-town sheriff in a Jack Reacher book telling him to leave town and not come back, but with actual repercussions for someone other than the sheriff. Are we being optimistic in thinking that the Trumps might face some actual consequences for their actions even one time? Maybe. But given that this case is based on documents rather than witnesses, and documents are harder to intimidate, maybe it's finally time for a bit of optimism. <laughs> Just as Trump apparently hired lackeys slash caddies to follow him round the golf course, telling him he was an all-round good guy, if conveniently skirting round his prowess as a golfer slash links cheat, it appears Trump's doing the same on Truth Social. There always seems to be a correlation between the amount of times Trump is amplifying QAnon accounts and periods where I'd say he's under stress, Media Matters senior researcher Alex Kaplan told the Daily Beast. QAnon accounts are usually ones that are giving him praise and reassurances, which I'm sure he likes. Ever mindful of the optics of how this affects his previous plausible deniability stance? No. No, he isn't. He can't remember which lies he's told, when and how often or to whom. Trump seems to have foregone all pretense of not knowing who QAnon are, who Q is, unless it's still him and not amateur opera singer and kung fu practitioner Ron Watkins in an attempt to boost membership of True Social and thus allow them to continue to churn a steady flow of nonsense for Trump and his defenders to pluck and deploy in a smokescreen they hope will separate them from any semblance of accountability. I guess, in a way, it's crowdsourcing Trump policy. But just as it says on the tin, folks, the truth is out there. Trump has not had a great couple of weeks, legally speaking. After his hand-picked judge Eileen Cannon appointed one of his suggestions, Judge Raymond Deary, as special master in the Mar-a-Lago documents case, he probably thought it was going pretty well, especially since the DOJ had to appeal to the 11th Circuit, one of the most conservative appeals courts in the country, in the hope of getting Judge Cannon overruled. But then the special master started doing his job, and he started by saying, and I'm paraphrasing here, what the fuck is this bullshit? After pointing out that the court doesn't get to decide whether documents are classified or not, he asked Trump to provide, you know, evidence for some of their claims. Like, specifically, which documents did you declassify and can you prove that, please? And also, which documents are you claiming the FBI planted? Meanwhile, a three-judge panel from the 11th Circuit, which included two Trump appointees, ruled on the DOJ's appeal. The ruling said, and I'm paraphrasing here, What the fuck is this bullshit? 
Around halfway through their 29-page ruling, they concluded that the district court abused its discretion in ruling for Trump and then spent the next 12 pages pointing out all the ways Cannon fucked up applying the law. Well, ignoring the law to give Trump what he wanted anyway. The upshot is that the FBI can continue using the documents for their criminal and national security investigations and neither the special master or Trump's lawyers will be allowed to look at the classified documents. Cool. It's nearing Halloween slash the midterm elections and even Bill Clinton has appeared out of the swirling mists pointing out to CNN on Sunday, Republicans always close well. Why? Because they find some new way to scare the living daylights out of swing voters. This year, because we're not yet in their banning Christmas season, RNC chair Ronald McDaniel pointed back at Clinton and Democrats saying, you're scaring voters everywhere with the open border. I mean, just last month, 2,000 pounds of fentanyl came across our border. That could kill 500 million people. We're coming into Halloween and... Every mom in the country is worried, what if this gets into my kid's Halloween basket? Because, of course, that's why dealers have been colouring their product, not to distinguish it from their competitors, but to attract children to the bright, yummy colours, like some kind of mashup of Willy Wonka's Candyman and Chitty's Child Catcher. Come to think of it, that's exactly who Ronna reminds me of, a greasy, fat version of Robert Helpman prancing around in her pointy hair, driving the RNC child cage thinly disguised as a limousine. The cage, that is, not her. Oh, I don't know, though. But it's not just Ronna. Republican Senators Marsha Blackburn and Joni Ernst have been dealing the stuff to the minds of the easily led. From June to July, fentanyl seizures were up 203% at the southern border, Blackburn tweeted last month, and Ernst wrote a few weeks later, enough fentanyl to completely wipe out entire cities in the US has been seized at the southern border. You see, the, the key word there, of course, is seized, which means it didn't make it into the country. Yeah, but that's irrelevant. Candy-coloured fear is all the Republicans have now that abortion is clearly not a winner for the party, nor indeed are most of its other policy positions. So they've reverted to border control. Oh, and steering well clear of the actual evidence, fact-based truth. Cash Patel, minor Trump administration official and major post-loss Trump water carrier, spent a considerable amount of time trying to convince TV hosts that Trump really did declassify all those documents. But even he didn't make the claim that Trump seemingly came up with during a Fox News interview with Sean Hannity this week that when you're the president, you can declassify documents just by saying it's declassified, even by thinking about it. Imagine if that was true. Is this document top secret? It says top secret on the cover. Sure, but maybe the president declassified it in his mind and didn't tell anyone about it. It's probably fine. What the fuck? But there's a more important news story about Cash Patel that somehow we missed back in May. I'm not saying it's connected, but it was on the day we went to that beer festival in my local village. Uh Anyway... Cash wrote a children's book about the Russia investigation called The Plot Against the King, in which good King Donald is targeted by the wicked Hillary Quinton. And since he is a Republican and therefore doesn't even understand the concept of shame, let alone has any himself, the plot is foiled by King Donald's faithful wizard, Patel. 
And because the GOP stands so strongly against the indoctrination of children, last month Cash released a sequel, which seems designed to make all Mark's dreams come true. It's The Plot Against the King Part 2, 2,000 Mules. Yay! Yay! (laughs) In which... Two inquisitive minds, Dinesh and Debbie, search for the truth and uncover evidence of a terrible scheme to elect Sleepy Joe instead of King Donald on choosing day. Yes, Dinesh D'Souza's version of the book of the film was just a boring old book full of words for adults who can read above a fifth grade level, but Cash knows his audience and made a version for Trump supporters. Oh, wow. It's going to have pictures and everything. Uh We've so got to get that. (laughs) Well, it's only only 1999. That's not a grifter's price at all, is it? <laughs> for a children's wow. book. For yeah. a children's book, exactly, yeah. Which, oh, that is excellent. So good. We here at Fallacious Towers are all in for any Trump-based slash Trump-adjacent media. After all, we watch Home Sweet Home Alone for no other reason. For God's sakes. Don't you do it, by the way. Save your sanity, become a patron, listen to our episodes on why you shouldn't. And so it seems are the publishers of Servants of the Damned, Giant Law Firms, Donald Trump and the Corruption of Justice. New York Times Business Investigations editor David Enrich's new book, Out Now. OK, you might not be interested in an expose of the Jones Day Law Firm, but one anecdote may prick your ears up. Back in the 1990s, a lawyer at a white shoe law firm who worked for Trump confronted him about a $2 million bill he refused to pay. Barging into Trump Tower, incandescent with rage, the lawyer was not offered a cheque and a humble apology, but rather Trump opened a drawer and got out a deed for a stallion, which he maintained it's worth $5 million. Enrich reports that once he'd regained the capacity for speech, the lawyer to whom Trump offered a stallion, supposedly worth $5 million, stammered, this isn't the 1800s, you can't pay me with a horse. Several questions occurred to us and to intelligentsia reporter Margaret Hartman, including Trump filing systems? Couldn't find hundreds of top-secret documents in a storeroom specifically used for storing them in Mar-a-Lago, but could find deeds to a horse... Five million dollars? Will he have blamed the Horse Valuing Association for not checking the horse's mouth when it turns out to be worth less than Mr Ed's stunt double? And what was the horse's name? So we can check how it did in our copy of Gray's Sports Almanac from Back to the Future 2. Also, how did the lawyer not bankrupt the firm and yet they still became subject of Emmerich's book? Yeah, I guess we'll never know, because we sure ain't going to take the bait and buy it. In today's GOP, it's pretty hard to go so far that you lose the support of your own party. Remember, this is a party which still embraces Matt Gates, But Ohio congressional candidate J.R. Majewski seems to have done it. You may remember Majewski as the guy who painted a 19,000-square-foot Trump banner on his lawn, leading Trump to give him just about the laziest endorsement ever, where he said... He's a great guy, and he's in there fighting for whatever the hell he's fighting for. I don't care. I love him, J.R. Majewski. <laughs> the National Republican Congressional Committee has withdrawn the million dollars of ad spending they'd booked for Majewski's district in the weeks running up to the midterms. It's not because he was at the Capitol on January 6th and has since said he's pissed at himself for not going inside. It's obviously not for his support of QAnon conspiracy theories or denial of the election results. No, the straw that broke the elephant's back was claiming that he had served in Afghanistan. 
The Associated Press checked and, well, he didn't. He was in the military, spending six months loading planes at an airbase in Qatar, and that's nothing to be ashamed of. Military service in general is seen as a positive in a campaign. But stolen valour is too much even for Republicans. Majewski's desperate claim that the reason the AP couldn't find any evidence he served in Afghanistan was that his deployment was classified didn't convince anyone. Least of all Trump, who immediately declassified it just by thinking about it. (laughs) In the disunited mess of unlevel Britain this week, good news! A politician does what they said they would do. Liz Truss said she'd cut taxes in order to get voted in. And she has. Yay! Cue the sounds of triumphant end-of-empire violins. Is that Nero at the front I can see? Because, oh no, sorry, there's bad news. It's only actually for the 346,000-odd people who earn more than £150,000 a year they'll get several more thousand pounds to spend in a new iteration of the even Michael Gove lambasted trickle-down economic model, which works basically like this. I see a homeless person, perhaps one who was cleared from the streets so the people queuing to fire past the Queen's coffin could more comfortably be seen to be sleeping on the streets in a national demonstration of subservient forelock tugging, I feel sorry for the fate of that person, so I drive to the nearest rich person's house up the road in Mayfair and I post a £10 note through their door in the belief, faith, hope, nay, propagandise certain knowledge that it will thus benefit the destitute immediately and directly. Well, OK, then, eventually... Once growth has occurred, now we've left the EU, the fastest-growing trading bloc in the world, by the way. On the upside, the Tories have revealed their true colours as the nasty party again, and that's a party that Labour recognises as the old enemy and knows how to fight. And yet Twitter is alive with hashtag NeverLabour. Thankfully, including some tongue-in-cheekiness from Richard Littler, creator of Scarfolk, summing it up with... If Labour get in, I could lose everything. Never Labour. I'd rather vote Conservative and lose everything twice over than vote for Labour. The project is complete, folks. In our brave new world, Soma has been distributed to all via the Daily Mail, the period of National Morning and Strictly Come Dancing. People described as demonstrating because they're holding up blank pieces of paper in the Monarch Morning crowd have been arrested. It's all over. With the last one to leave, please switch off the lights. No, no, they're off already because we can't afford to keep them on. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we use fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Or simply tell one other person in person about how much they'd like our podcast. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump, just like our newest patrons, Amanda Bishop, One-Eyed Nick, our straw man level patrons, Steve Bickle, Schmutz, Mark Reiki and Abba Buchanan, our true Scotsman level patrons, Kaz Tui, Andrew Houck, Max Beaver, and our top patron, Lauren. Thanks so much, everybody. Your support is very much appreciated. And One-Eyed Nick will actually be joining us on our quiz team on the Friday Yay! night quiz at QED Woo-hoo! 
at the end of October, uh, nice. Halloween weekend. There are still some tickets available for QED. It's an amazing weekend-long sceptical conference, so we'll be there all weekend. We're actually doing a talk yep. on the Friday at 3pm about logical fallacies and stuff like that. Yep. That's part of Skepticamp, which is a whole day of talks from people within the sceptical community about different topics. If you think yeah. that kind of thing sounds as fun as it is, yeah, I mean, you don't know how fun it is. It it'll be much more fun than you're imagining right now. Then you're like, take what you're picturing yeah. and multiply that by ten levels of fun, yeah, and awesomeness, and that's how great it is. And it, yeah, if you're yeah. around, join us for the weekend. It's a festival for thinkers, absolutely. And we're looking forward to meeting one like Nick. That's fantastic. <laughs> and you're a patron. Thanks so much. Wow. You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fallacious Trump. All music is by The Outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye. <laughs>